0: Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. So excited for this one today because we are having a repeat guest. The first ever guest on this podcast has come back for his second time around. I didn't scare him too much the first time he's back here. This is the owner of Pizon's Pizzeria, Matt
1: Verzel. Matt, welcome to the show. Hey, buddy. Good to see you. It's either a good thing or a bad thing I'm back on. You're either hard up for guests or <laughs> we're back coming full circle.
0: Uh. We are going full circle because it is a blessing to have you on. Yeah. Fortunately enough, I've not been hard up for guests. I <laughs> I have um it, it's been great. We've we've had a real nice lineup lately and before we talk with today's fantastic guest, I want to tell you about a special opportunity that we have for dads this year. The last few years I've struggled to figure out what to get my dad for Father's Day. After decades of getting him t shirts, ties, and desk trinkets, I want to get him something he actually wants. The solution is so simple Meet. Duh. And when you want a variety of high-quality meats, Omaha Steaks is a fantastic choice. To thrill your dad this Father's Day, or just get a boatload of meat for yourself, check out the Get Out and Grill assortment. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter Hoppen, H-O-P-P-E-N, in the search bar. This is a great deal, and supplies might run out, so I would act now. You'll find a drool-worthy pack of 20 entrees, including juicy burgers, plump chicken breasts, jumbo franks, sides, desserts, and four 10-ounce Butcher's Cut New York strip steaks. These steaks are aged for 30 days, which makes them even more tender and delicious than the traditional cut. Trust me, we just tried these uh, a few days ago. Absolutely worth it. Plus, if you search for Hoppin on OmahaSteaks.com, your assortment comes with four free New York strip burgers, extra tender, extra juicy, don't want to miss out on those. Uh, the Get Out and Grill Assortment is also the perfect Father's Day gift because your dad is absolutely going to love it, and he'll probably be so excited that he'll invite you over for the big grill out. Happy dad, delicious food, win-win. This is a fantastic deal, and it won't be around forever, so I would get on and use that promo code now. Again, just go to omahasteaks.com and enter hoppen that's my last name, H-O-P-P-E-N, in the search bar. You'll not only save fifty nine percent off the original price, but you'll give your dad a Father's Day gift he'll always remember.
1: All right, so let's get into and let's catch up, man. What the hell you been up to? Like, how many? How are we on years? This of is this? a year and a half now. Okay, year and a half. Yeah. All right, and uh, yeah, it's it's
0: really you know it's kind of taken on a life of its own. It's it's its own thing. But we're not here to talk about me. We are here to nah. talk about you. I want to talk about the restaurant industry as a whole, but obviously we got to start talking about pizza. Yeah. So. Looking at Paisons specifically, mm-hmm. there are so many different types of pizza out there. When you right. when you look at artisan styles, you've got, you know, wood-fired, you've got uh, Neapolitan, deep dish. I mean, you can run the whole gamut. Right. You guys specialize in New York-style pizza. What is it about that style that draws you in and makes that the thing that
1: you're passionate about? The good thing about what we do, okay, and it, would, it wouldn't matter if it was... New York-style thin crust pizza, it wouldn't matter if it was a hamburger. It wouldn't matter. We just want to be a part of the neighborhood, right? So that's one thing that I really like about big cities. You know, you go to Chicago and you have all the little neighborhoods that you can go to, and it's a good time. You go to to, to New York and you have all the boroughs, and you can go hit up all the boroughs, and everybody's got their own little favorite pizza place. And you can do that. That's why that ties in with us. Like, we just want to be part of the neighborhood. One thing that I love about Omaha is that if you – I think I said it on the first time. If you grew up in South Omaha, like you will fight someone over Orsi's pizza. Mm-hmm. If you live in a certain area of town, big Fred's, you will go to war for Fred's. And, and that's awesome. Passion and, and pride of your neighborhood is something that's really cool. And we just got fortunate. We found a, a little neighborhood that didn't have anything. And we fit a fit a need for them and they've taken us in and, and we just do what we do. And, you know, I've had a lot of buddies from, from the, from the East coast and, and they say theirs is the best. And so we think we do all right with that. and, it's just we want to be a neighborhood spot. We're not fancy. I, I had a lady the other day, she was in, and she said, Do you still have wine in the can? I said, Absolutely. And she <laughs> turned her nose up at me. I said, Hey, Dante's, and pitcher up the street. Like, if you want fancy, 10 blocks up, two blocks over, you'd be happy as a pig in slot. But I'm like, That's not us. This can of wine is us. Mm-hmm. We're very low maintenance. We're very low drama. You keep scrunching your face up like that. I was gonna <laughs> ask you to move it on down the road, but no, that's what we wanted to do. And you know, the kids have done a great job. They embrace it. They're very polite. They take care of customers. They're. It's just I'm very proud of all of them more than anything because we get told how kids don't want to work and kids are rude and kids are this and kids are that. Well, invest some time in them. Mm-hmm. You know, and bust their ass when they're wrong and and reward them when they're right. They'll work. So,
0: uh, are a lot of the employees and, and kids that you have working for you are they from around the area?
1: Yep, we've got. When we first started out, we were predominantly Millard South. We had a, a shit ton of Millard South kids, and they were they're great workers. Um, now we've got all three Millards represented. We've got, we've got a couple Scut gals. The Scut girls survive. The Scut boys don't. So if you ever wonder who's tougher at Scut, it's the girls. <laughs> um, we have a, a Concordia. A gal from Concordia works for us. There's a couple other ones I can't. Oh, oh we got some Elkhorn South kids now, um, which was surprising to me mm-hmm. to just be judgmental from the Elkhorn South <laughs> stigma. Um, yeah, we take kids from everywhere. We we got them from all over the city, and you know, if you want to work and have a good time, we're we're a place to be. Well, I just love that idea of
0: you, you know, bringing in kids from around the area, and you know. I've seen it in preparing for this interview. I saw it in other interviews and other media you've done. Mm-hmm. You really hammer home that point of we're a neighborhood joint. We're yeah. a neighborhood joint. We are a part of this part of this city. So, Pison's originally starts in 2013. Correct. And you wanted to be a neighborhood joint. At what point did you really feel like you were a part of the neighborhood that you were settled in and Pisons was a part of that pocket of omaha
1: the good thing for us or when you can really tell that that takes off is when you become part of the week's planning okay so by day of the week in our little thousand square foot carryout spot i would know who was coming in really so you've become part of the routine you've become part of their of their culture you've become part of their life and so that was where it Really took hold when you could tell, hey, we, we're, we're your every Tuesday night spot. We have a lady that still drives over to this day from South Omaha. She eats at Paisons on Tuesday. She eats at Orsi's on Thursday. So <laughs> we, we, we've, we've branched out. But that's when it really kind of resonated. Mm-hmm. And right. then also another thing when referral business for the pizza place is great. When you have people say, hey, you know my buddy told me to come here. When you have referral employee, probably means a little bit more like, you have a parent come in and said, "Hey, my buddy Tim's son works here. Says it's a great experience. Do you have room for my daughter Betsy?" You mm-hmm. know those kind of things. That's when you're when you're in it. You're trusting family and you're part of you're, you're, you're a trusted part of the day for somebody. So that's cool to us.
0: Um, the last time that you were on the podcast, you, yes,
1: you gave me advice
0: that changed my pizza experience eating experience moving forward like change how i viewed pizza okay and that's i asked you what your favorite slice was and yeah. you said it's the cheese <laughs> slice yep because that that's like you can't hide behind anything when it's just oh. cheese and now i i've started doing that when i go to pizza places i say i like if you get a chance to order by the slice i'm getting a slice of cheese pizza Correct. because i want to understand can Since that was a year and a half ago, Uh and we may have some new listeners who weren't around for the first episode, can you kind of
1: run me through that theory again and why it's so important? So for us, the basis of everything, it's how our menu starts. And it's what our kids try to master initially, is can you make a cheese pizza? Seems simple in its execution. Seems basic in an expectation of an employee. But when you think about it, if, if I'm... Literally just flying this out there. I can have too much sauce and then it gets kinda runny. I I can have too much cheese and it gets super greasy. And I can have, you know, a hole or dent in my crust where I've done something wrong and then it sticks and it's just a mess. So for them they've got to master that. The cool thing to me is when they appreciate it then. Like they'll make it and they'll eat it and they'll understand, Oh, okay, that's what you're talking about. Like that's what that means. We had a cat in the other day. He actually works with Aaron Taylor at UP. You anyway, know, he got the slicey he wanted. He got a slice of the Haas and a slice of the O Mio Dio. And then he said, what's your favorite? And I said, cheese. I said, you cannot hide in a cheese. I'm like, there's, there's nowhere to run. I can't dress something up with a bunch of toppings and say, oh, I hope he doesn't notice this. That's us. So he said, all right, slice of cheese. So we made him a slice of cheese. And he took one bite and kind of deep exhale. He said, I, I get it now. He I understand. <laughs> but it's it's become mainstream with Dave Portnoy from from Barstool Sports. He does his pizza reviews with the one bite. Everybody knows the rules, yep. which is awesome. It's the way it should be. It, you, you've got to figure it out before you start to put all the – you know, we don't do arugula and, and all that fancy stuff. I like think artichoke hearts is about as fancy as we get. But, yeah, the beauty is in its simplicity. Just keep it simple and be really good at it. I know that you're not a
0: real judgmental guy, and I'm not asking you to call out any other restaurants, but do you ever – See, like, especially, like, specialty pizza creations when we start talking about, like, nacho pizzas or, like, yeah. barbecue pizza, uh-huh. like, stuff like that. Do you ever see that and, you're, and just kind of go, man, you know, like, are we, like, losing the heart of what pizza is? Oh, no. No, no, no.
1: My My mind instantly goes to, is it good? Right. Okay? So, if people like it, you're doing something right. Because you're going to ha- there's no perfect anything, right? So you, you're going to have people that want that and that like that. If that caters to what they want, absolutely, 100% make it. Then from the business aspect, can I fit it into margin? Can I make that profitable? Some of those things that get on, some of those things, I'm like, oh, I know how much <laughs> that costs, and I hope, I hope you're not charging what I think you should be charging for that pizza. But that's everybody's got their own flair, and if you like it and it makes you happy, by all means and if you like being creative and making it like that go ahead and do it like never I, I never I would never sit and judge anybody for anything if you get you know putting an eel and squid on pizza probably getting a little too far but, <laughs> you know if you want to get exotic with the meats and the veggies and do your thing more power to you okay so getting back to piesons, that, yeah that slice of cheese that yep. that people bite
0: and they say I get it you got the three elements. You got the crust. You got uh-huh. the sauce. You got the cheese. That and nothing to hide behind. Right. Those elements at Paisans, Why are they? What makes them at such a high standard where you feel confident that you don't need to dress it up at all? You've just got those three things.
1: Because of, I now, mean, like individually, I'll tell, individually you, I'll each tell you twofold. Okay. Okay. Having done this for quite a while. Like I've owned bars and restaurants since I was 24. 46 now, that's a long time. Becoming, not, not scalable, everybody wants to use scalable. I don't want to say scalable, I'll say repeatable, okay? Knowing that we have one person that's going to measure the flour, so we know that's going to be the same every time. We know that we have one person that's going to make the measurements for the sauce. Now, we've screwed up. We had a young kid, he kind of slipped through the cracks of training, and he got a little bit too much salt in the in the red sauce which is is catastrophic but thankfully our, our customers trust us enough and they know me or our policies enough that they call it hey, this is wicked salty and I'm like no problem bring it back get you a different one so then we go back through and figure out hey this kid made the sauce his name is on the bucket what happened here why is this like this what did you do well I did this I put this and this and this and then I took two of these and put it in I'm like, stop right there why did you put two so you, you walk it back, but you got to make sure you're quality controlling that. But that repeatability is what we like in it, right? We use a skim cheese. That's the crazy part most people don't get is we use a, a part skim milk cheese. So we're not using a full fat, you know, think grease kind of cheese. They all work together. You tie everything together and it just, it just plays. And it's been trial and error and we've got to figure it figured out.
0: Talking about that cheese, that's something that I've always appreciated about paizons. is, obviously, you know, you're not eating pizza for your health. Like, (laughs) it's not not a diet food. We're working on that, though. Okay. Yeah. We'll get back to that. (laughs) Uh, But, like, so many places you go and you get a pizza and, you know, you take a slice out and there's just, like, a giant wet spot underneath it like yeah. you can see the area where the pizza used to be there's just that grease and i don't experience that at paisans yeah. maybe there's a little residue left on the box but yeah. usually not much at all so tell me more like how did you make the decision
1: to use this this skim milk cheese over what everyone else is doing that's kind of a and, I, and there's more people that use it that's just that's just what one of the points that we like to talk about but when you're getting that a lot of times in your in your pizzas that involve meats like we'll still get that that grease, mm-hmm. right? But that will come from the pepperoni, because I, I can control the cheese grease, the pepperoni grease. It is what that's it just is. gonna happen, right? Yeah. That's yeah. the pepperoni. They're there for. <laughs> but then all of our meats, when we cook our meats, we we drain the meat. We we cook them to two hundred degrees, so we kill everything. Then we drain them in a colander, and so all the fat, as much fat as we can get off of it, comes off of it. Okay. Now we will screw that up too. <laughs> we are good. If, we, if there's something we are good at screwing up, that's it. Like we are the best at screwing that up, but then it gives us a chance to teach and learn and, and change a, a procedure. So we get better at it all the time. And we've got now new contraptions to drain them in. So hopefully it goes better, but that's what it is, is, is it's a lot of times it's that like we can control the the fat in the sausage and the fat in the hamburger. Pepperoni is going to be, like I said, we ain't making pepperoni, but then those things try to make it a little better, and it's, you. like you said, you're not in it for your health. You're in it for a delicious meal. But if we can help you out with that non-trail of grease down the front of your shirt, we'll do everything we can to do that.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Now, about two minutes ago, you, you said that you're trying to make it healthier. Health. Is that just those machines that you
1: just mentioned, or is there more? Nope. So what we're doing, and it's nothing, nothing crazy, but we've taken um, a, a smaller cooking device, and we've eliminated the original vessel, which is the crust, and so then we'll just take a bowl. We'll cook. We'll put your red sauce, cheese, meat, veggies, whatever you want in it. Then we will cook that. And so then you're eliminating some of the calories from the crust in it if it's a higher protein. So it's like a pizza bowl type set. Yep. Oh, for the okay. Most part, yeah. Interesting. Yep. We had them, We had them about two years ago, and we were messing around with them and we couldn't figure it out to do it correctly. And then as everything progressed on, then corporate America got hold of it, and they, they got out ahead of us with it. But we feel good with where we're at with them now, and, and we've got a little – it's about two slice servings worth of stuff. So, yeah, it's good. People like them. Okay, something to check they're out. Little, they're a little off-menu, but if but, you know, you know. Okay. Well, now ho- hopefully people listen
0: to this episode, and then they yeah, know. Yeah, for sure. Okay, another thing – last thing that I specifically have to ask you about the pizza is – the cream cheese dollops. Uh-huh. I know you guys didn't invent that, but right. that was the first place that I really experienced it. And I'm not someone who normally really gravitates toward cream cheese. I would say I'm, it's something I would probably avoid usually. Right. But it's so good on pizza. <laughs> and I never knew before I came into Paisans and tried it on the O Mio Dio especially. Yep. That pizza is like one of my favorites that I've ever had. What is it about cream cheese, or where did that idea come
1: from, or where did you see that that inspired you? Would you get a flavor concoction, right? So, so the only do by itself, our, our Phoenix fiery chicken, which is a chicken we make, it's cooked in crushed red pepper, pepper, and seasoned salt, so it's got heat to it. Like, it's going to be hot. There's a lot of people that would like us to dull down that and have a more calm version of, cheese, or of chicken. I'm like, eh, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and so for us, then, to take a slice that's very good, which is just the Phoenix and the pepperoni, you throw that cream cheese on there, and the two palates, right? So the way it hits your palate, you get the spicy, and then you kind of get the rich taste of the che- of the cream cheese with it. It calms that heat down from the chicken, and so that's how they marry and work together. But yeah, people like that one a lot. That's a good, <laughs> that's a good seller.
0: Now uh, you talked about this a little bit earlier, but I want to mm-hmm. I want to get into it a little bit more. One of the things that I appreciate the most, and really it kind of amazes me about Piesons is the consistency. And that when I go to Paisons, I know exactly what I'm getting every single time. Like, I, I think I could pull up pictures that I took of, Pi- of a Paisons pizza two years ago versus a <laughs> Paisons pizza now, and they'd be almost identical. And I, there are very few restaurants that I've been to that I feel like I can say that about. Your consistency is just on point month after month, year after year.
1: How? H- how do you develop that? For us, it's a, it's a couple things. You've got to be aware of everything, okay. And that sounds overwhelming. It's not. You've got to teach your staff that this every phase of this is important, right? We always say our most most important person is our dishwasher because if, if they can't do their job, then it just all falls downhill from there. So as we're preparing things, now some of my older kids are taking over for me, okay. So I don't have to stand over them as they're rolling dough balls and say, Hey, you got a low sweat on that one, you gotta fix that one, you gotta pop the bubbles on that one, da, da 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 da. Who did this, who did that? So we have in the kitchen we'll have charts that say, Hey, because we had an issue with this at one time, this is awesome, let me tell you. We had a kid that would forget to put yeast in the dough. Oh boy. I'm like, hey, <laughs> bud, this is kind of an important, crucial part of this mix. So I just got on the old computer, made a little spreadsheet and said, Did you put yeast in the dough? Yes, no, initials. Yes, initial U. yes, initial U. but then each batch is labeled so then we know who did it. So if we can control how we make the dough, we can control how we make the sauce, we know how the cheese is going to get shredded because we shred it, and then our processes are right in everything that we do, our only variable now becomes the oven. Okay, and we're actually having that right now. We've got one of our ovens that's decided it is tired of life, and it has decided to run at about 7,000 degrees right now. You find that out the hard way. There's no way to know that. You throw a pizza in, the heat blasts you in the face. Like, that's a little hotter than normal, but maybe it's just, you know, a long day. Chuck it in there, and three minutes, that pizza's burnt till crisp. Okay, (laughs) this oven does not like us right now. So if that's our only variable, now our oven guys have to be on point. And so that's why they have to continually monitor and check. And and they'll get in a rhythm. You know, they'll figure it out. It takes a – they're nervous on the first pizza. Always nervous on the first pizza you put in an oven. After that, they'll have the gist of it, and away they go. So we've got to compensate for those things. But if we can take all the inputs and make that process the same over and over and over and over and over again, now we've got it down to one variable, which is the oven. Okay? Got after a younger guy on the oven last night because he decided he wanted to leave that on the stone a little bit too long. Pulled it out, looked at it. He went to put it in the box. said, if you put it in that box, he said, we're going to have a problem. I said, you're going to the back, and you're telling them to remake that. And then we're going to flip this over, and I'm going to show you. The one little area he was looking at, perfectly tan, just the way we want it. Flip it over the rest of it. The other side, about as black as this table. I was like, I've told you over and over again, seconds on the stone. Seconds. It's that you don't get to count and look at it and then say, oh, no, it needs more. You're on that stone for seconds. That's the hottest part of the joint. Get it on, get it down, get it gone. So it's all learning. Now, in that learning, customer standing right there, look him dead in the face, I'm like, I'm going to comp that back out for you because we got to go make another one because he burned the bottom of it. And then i always also say, I didn't train him well enough to be good at this. This is my fault. Okay, so I'm in front of it. And then then they'll look at me like I'm crazy, like, we literally just watched this kid do it, and you're taking the blame for it? I'm like, yeah, because I didn't teach him. My job is to teach him to do it right or him to listen to me to do it right, and he didn't do either one of them. So you're going to get a new pizza that's on us. So we, we screw up. And we admit it, and we try to stay in front of it. But we feel, again, to be part of the neighborhood, you're going to be honest with each other. We screwed this up. Nobody's fault but the bosses, And then I'll fix it from there. But when I'm gone, I, I went to Chicago for the home opener, right? So I send in some secret shoppers, and I got cameras. So I'm sitting at the game, and I'm watching. I'm like, all right, boys, here's some entertainment. Here we go. So I sent it in. Guy wanted his... On the phone call that the, that my secret shopper made, he said he wanted the pizza extra crispy. At Paisons, extra crispy does not exist. Okay, show up early. We'll show you the pizza. If you want us to put it back in, then we'll go because that's a very arbitrary term. Extra crispy to you might be burnt to me, and so away we go. So the girl on the phone does great. She says, hey, we totally will we'll help you out with this. Just can you come five minutes early so you can see this in the oven? They're going to show it to you before they cut it. That way we know it's not. So my guy, I knew they would do it. So my guy, when he sent it in, they showed it to him. He said, "Nope, more. So I threw it back in, pulled it back out, and he goes, nope, overdone. And, I, and I, now it's going to get exciting, right? Now I'm like, okay, how do we handle this? And my manager, the guy that was in charge, walked over, and he's like, no problem. We probably knew we left that in too long. We should have just pulled it about every five seconds and showed you. Da-da-da-da. Get you new one. And so my buddy that's there looks at the camera and, and mouths to me, WTF. And I was like, that's the way it's going to go. So they did it again. He, he finally came clean. He's like, you guys did great. He goes, versus watching you. And so then they looked at the camera and gave me the one-finger <laughs> salute. And, but you have to check and make sure the good is great. Right? It's awesome. We got you our great pizza. You loved it. It's fantastic. But you have to be aware of the bad, and you have to address the bad because that helps you get better. I, I've played sports all my life. I can tell you some of the things I've won, but I can tell you a lot of things I lost because the losses hurt more. And that's how you have to get better, and that to teach the kids, hey, we're going to screw up. 100% we're going to screw up. Our goal is to have a perfect day. Ain't happening. But we're going to try. We made it to nine forty five and the kid dropped a pizza. Perfect day, nine forty five. <laughs> Probably the last order of the night. Kid thought he was a hot dog, turned too quick, pizza on the ground. It's like having a perfect game and yep. then losing it on an air with I two just, outs in the I night. I just looked at the ground, I was like, Huh, like, how'd that go? I was like, Is that good? <laughs> and he just feels terrible. Now and then, of course, the pack of wolves, everybody's giving him a hard time. But you have to address the bad. You can't run away from it. You know, and you have to say, Hey, we screwed it up. There's no you didn't come back here and make your own pizza. You didn't forget a topping. You didn't burn it. You didn't undercook it. We did it. So that's what, you know, and we feel that's, like I said, being part of our model, just perfect on purpose. We're going to try like hell. but We're also going to be honest with you and say, hey, we screwed that up. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Now you mentioned earlier, whether it's accurate or not, there's a perception amongst people that high school kids or college students, whatever it might be, are not hard workers. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, they're not going to come in on time. They're not going to be 100% committed. How do you get your employees, especially the students, to buy into the perfect on-purpose mantra?
1: It never fails. It starts this way. Okay? They will say it in a super smart assy tone. All right? I'm fine with that because now I know I'm in your head. I know you've seen it, and I know you're thinking about it. Now I just have to find the buttons to push to get you to believe that. Okay? Some love... Acknowledgement right on our menu. If you look at it, it has a, a little tab on there. That says brew for the crew. Okay. I employ minors. They're not getting the brew. Okay. Until they're 21. So as my guys are working, somebody out front says, hey, this is an amazing meal. Throw on a brew for the crew. You got it. I'll go in the back and say, hey, boys, everybody just got a tally on the old spreadsheet. And they're like, yes. So they're excited for that, right? Some want acknowledgement from their peers, so if we do well, the server will go in and is like, "Hey guys, killed it! This is awesome, food's to my table quick. They got everybody out here loves it. They just can't say enough great things about you guys." Where they go? Some just want to grind, like some are grinders, and you go back and say, "Hey, keep grinding, man. I see you. You're killing it. Just keep going," and they'll go. Or you know the times of the night, like I said, doing this for 22 plus years, right at about 8:30, everybody tired. Like you just got beat up for a few hours. You against Omaha for, for four hours. Got to make dough yet. Chances are I'm probably in a cranky mood by then. And I'll go back and say, okay, we just got to focus up. So now we're going to take our full back room team and our full front room team. They're going to divide it into two teams. You're going to divide into two teams. We've got team dough and team food. Okay? Expectation is food still to the table within 25 minutes of the order. No more, no less. Okay? Get that there. But now you guys are going to focus on dough. So the tired guys will go to dough. The guys are still kind of full of, of piss and vinegar. will go to the, to the make line. They'll keep making food. Everybody's got a button. Some are crazy money-driven. Like, I've got a couple of gals that work the register. They want the cash. Like, okay, great. Here's what we're going to do. If you do X, Y, and Z tonight, I've got X, Y, Z dollars. And there's no second tier of dollars. It goes this way, and everybody gets it. Or once we screw it up, nobody gets it. Because the one that will, will, will forever chat my ass is handing out the wrong pizza. Like, I get it. You're busy. There's a lot of stuff going on. Open the box. Yep, that's what it is. Two seconds. That took two seconds. You just look in there double check. I had to run a salad to a person's house the other night. We forgot. The girl was on pace. She was going to, I think, I bet her 50 bucks that she couldn't screw up. Guy called back said, you forgot my salad. I said, sir, I will gladly run that over to your house. Send me your address. <laughs> So she's looking at me, she's like, What happened? I was like, You forgot a salad. She goes, No. I'm like, oh yeah, look at the ticket. So I ran a salad to the house. And it, it's a it's a regular customer, so we're part of their Tuesday night deal, but he knew and he laughed. He's like, How much did you better? It's probably the other thing too is we include the customers and stuff. Yeah. They know incentives that the kids have. They know things that that involve them and, and what they're gonna do. And you know, we um one of the boys came out it was his last night like i said we just placed a couple kids in some internships which is what i love about it because now i once we've taught them how to work now you go be an adult go get a big boy job you shouldn't be you can be with me for a long time because we're looking to you know do some expansion stuff that's fine but if i've if my work bores you with some of them it does by by the end of four years i get it i'll help you in any way i can if you can survive me i will help you whatever direction you want to go in your life and so we've got a couple of fellas place. So one of them came out, and there was an older guy sitting there, and he'd been in a lot. He he he's comes in quite a bit, and he said, "Hey, he said you're here every Friday and Saturday, yeah, I mean, Brian? Yeah, yep, I am." He was, just wants you to know. He goes, "I've never had a bad meal on a Friday or a Saturday here." He goes, "I've been here since you guys opened at the new place," and so little pride things like that are cool, right? Mm-hmm. They know he, he. I gave Brian a hug. I said, "I'm so excited for you. You're going to go on to your deal, and it's awesome." And he kind of looked at me and said, well, I can still help out, right? I was like, if you want to. I said, you can come back whenever you want. You, if you want to work a shift, you come work a shift. We got another kid that's a Kiwit, but he still wants to work the fryer every Friday night. So he's in the fryer mix. I'm like, why do you want to work the fryer? Friday night, you got to have a Kiwit. He goes, keep me humble. He goes, I can't. I can't." He goes, I got I to gotta stay grounded. I'm like, all right, deal. <laughs> Sign me up for that. But the people that come in know about us. And they know how it goes. And, you know, that was the the amazing thing about COVID. And I know that's probably not the best term to put with that situation. But we found out that we mean a lot to a lot of people. And that a lot of people mean a lot to us. And so that was a a unique experience. But it kind of solidified us in what we've been doing and that people do, you know, appreciate it. And we appreciate them. What were some examples of that? Um, The first couple days of COVID – it was a blur because I was, I was in the, the spot. I'm like, well, yeah, you know, I'm calling people. I'm like, hey, let's get this money together. We'll close down for a couple of months. We'll be back out. Everybody take you know, gets paid. Get my kids paid. We'll be good. And a couple of people I know like, don't close. What are you talking about? Like, don't close. I'm like, well, according to everybody else, the end of the world is here. We're all <laughs> dead. So why, why, what's a <laughs> slice of pizza going to matter? And so, you know, I said, well, you have – Six, 750-degree ovens, like, pretty much nothing's alive. So if you get it out on your warmer, it's going to sit there at a couple hundred degrees. Again, nothing alive. That's when the time, like, all the stuff would come out. If it's above 80, you're fine. Okay, we're above 80. And then I talked to another guy, another buddy of mine. He said, listen, stay open. He said, you go on the radio and you go on these podcasts he said, and you talk with all this bravado that you're not scared of nothing, da 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 He said, you might freak people out if you close. I'm like, come on, stop. So we had some customers that had come in. I said, here's what we're thinking. And they said, go ahead. They're like, run it. I'm like, all right. So then we sat down with the, as a team. I said, all right, here's our options. I said, we can close. I can get you paid for a couple months, and we'll be back in a couple months. And the kids, I'll give them credit. They said, that's a bad idea because we got no school. we got 10 o'clock curfew. So you're, now we can't work. So you're going to tell us we're going to sit home all day. We will be bonkers crazy by Tuesday. Okay, that's a valid point. I didn't think about that. I was just thinking about a couple days off (laughs) selfishly. (laughs) And so I said, "Okay, that's fine." I said, "Here's the deal." I said, "You don't know this, but I follow all of you on all your social media platforms." I said, "I've got notifications for every one of you." So instantly, the phones come out and they're scrolling through. Like, "No, you don't." I'm like, "Oh, you think I'm going to put your boss Matt Verzal on the on the handle?" Like, that's what I'm going to put. No. I have about 34 dummy accounts on everything. Notifications on all of you. Why don't you ever say anything? I'm like, so I didn't remind you that you shouldn't go out partying in your on shirt and have too much party fun and maybe talk to Ralph on the big white phone? Like, I didn't mention that to you? Like, you did. I was like, because I saw the pictures. (laughs) And so I said, we can do this. I said, but you have to be honest. I'm like, and we made it through about six months and everything was great. we had a couple that stepped out, and I knew it, and I'm like, well, you're gone for two weeks, so you're out. Then we had a couple that went away, and we had a scare, but the kid got tested, and he was good, and then the ones that were on vacation were scared to come back, and so we just juggled it all around, and and it worked. Um, We had one, we had two cases of it, but neither had been at work. So, we got lucky. I mean, it's all you can say. And then we broke it down and said, okay, you're going to have people that are going to have no problem coming inside, so... Just keep the line, keep everybody spaced. People that don't want to come in, we have a drive-through window on the south of the building, so you can just drive up and get your pizza. And then there's going to be people that just want to stop and park and then we'll walk it out. So we had options for everybody. And so it worked out, and, you know, we were – it was crazy. The boys loved it, and the staff loved it from the work aspect. Work went fast because phones would start buzzing about 3, and so from 4.30 to 8.30, they knew what they were going to make. They're like, can we never go back to seating? I was like, this, <laughs> this is not sustainable. This is not how life is going to be forever, I hope. But they knew, and so it was easy. Throw her throws, top her tops, onto the rack, into the oven, away we go. Have a great night. Thanks for seeing it. But the first night, we had a lady come in, and she's been with us since we were in our little 1,000-square-foot carryout spot, and she opened the door, and she looked, and she just started crying. I was like, what's wrong? I'm like, we got the, everybody's got the masks on. We're like, what's the problem? She's like, no. She's like, I'm just so happy to see everybody and this is just one piece of normal in the day. She's like, everybody's working. The whole staff is here. She's like, it's awesome. She's like, da-da-da. She's like, I'm just kind of overtaken by it. And so that put things into perspective for me for what it was is that we became a little just piece of normal. That's pretty awesome. And then that's, you know, the way it went. And we kept running it hot and then when, Omaha went to 25. percent We stayed at carryout when they went to 50. We stayed at carryout when they went to 75. We went to 25 because I didn't want to go backwards. I didn't want them to say, "Okay, we got to go back to 50." Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Oh, okay, we're still at 25, <laughs> so we're a step behind you." If you get to 25, we'll be the same. Then hopefully, if we haven't figured it out by then, maybe the end is here. So those little things kind of added up. But I was really proud of the staff. Um, they were honest about everything, and they did a good job. And you know, it's it's again. 15 to 26, the ones that people say don't aren't responsible and don't do anything. Did they get away with some? I didn't see. Them. I'm sure they did. But nobody got sick. So that's cool. Now,
0: you mentioned you've been in the restaurant or service industry mm-hmm. for a long time. I think you said 22 years. Yep. There's not a whole lot probably that you haven't seen. And then COVID comes in and just no one has seen this. What was that like for you personally to just have something totally new hit you?
1: Your first thing is, holy shit, is it over? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, is this it? Like, are we done? Is Or like, okay, let's do some quick math. This is what we have in the account. This is what's on the note. This is what all the equipment's worth. All right, we're above, we're good. So if, it, if, it, if we never sell another pizza, everybody's paid, and we're just done and we're at zero and we start over. Fine, I take those odds. Um, like I said, the, the big thing for me was pride. I was very happy that people trusted us to come in, that the staff was respectful enough to follow some new rules we had, that we were able to be resourceful, and find some cleaning solutions that probably aren't legal in 48 states, 49 states, 50 states. I had to go get some moonshine because no, <laughs> like if you went to if you went to the grocery store, everything's gone. Like sanitizer wipes came get like rubbing alcohol. And so I made some calls and I said, "Hey, are those fellas still running that moonshine up north of you?" And they're like, "Yep." I'm like, "Can I get a couple of jugs of that?" <laughs> and they're like, "It's not that bad." And I was like, Oh, uh, it's not for consumption. I'm like this is for disinfecting. You know, you get ninety nine percent
0: right alcohol,
1: yeah. throw a little water in it, we're just scrub scrubbing away. Couldn't say anything to any of the kids because I know I've been always got kids squirting squirt bottles in their mouth. I'm like, <laughs> hey, don't do that. But yeah, so because that, that that's a real fear. Right? Like you're like we gotta sanitize, everything's gone. Suppliers are all sold out of it. What do we do? Well, okay. Sometimes you got to get a little redneck in there. I'm like, okay, this is what this is. That's what that's made of. Slap her together a little water and start cleaning. And then we have testing strips. (laughs) So I squirted it on a testing strip once. I was like, oh, okay. So we got the right mixture. We're good. But yeah, so that and then the one that will forever scramble my brain. It was the first day during COVID that they said you could buy drinks to go. Like, mixed drinks. Dude, regular, pulls up to the window, and he, I'm at the, I'm kind of, I, I didn't even have to work, really. The kids kind of had their own systems. They did their thing. I let them build their systems, and they did it. So, I'm standing there kind of away from it. I'm looking at the dude out the window. He goes, two Jack and Cokes to go. And I was like, we can't, we can. And so, I go over, and I make them. Take him over to him, these little plastic kid cups. I'm like, here you go. And he's like, I need a straw. I'm like, oh, no, no, no straws. If you drink that drink whilst driving your car, that's your call. You're going to have to take the lid off of said drink to do such thing. And he goes, give me a straw. I'm like, we're out of straws. He goes, give me a straw. I'm like, no, we're out of straws. He goes, give me water. I'm like, we're out of water. And he goes, you don't have water? I'm like, no, we're completely out of water. We got no straws, nothing. I'm like, If you want to drink that drink while driving your car, you're going to have to crack the lid off and drink that yourself. I'm not giving you a straw in any form. I'll give it to him. He drives around the block, goes to our neighbor on the south end, Avalaros, gets a water, and he came back through the drive-thru with his little straw. He honked his door. He goes, got a straw. So I look back out the window and I was like, not my straw. (laughs) And away he went. But that one, having owned bars for so long and you're always like, Leery of somebody leaving with a drink because it's a big ticket. Now to passing a drink out the window, I'm like "Have at her, boys. <laughs> Have a good night." So that was a little weird to me. But you know, you stick in restaurant long enough, you will see everything. Mm-hmm. I, I've had people get mad at me that we're we're not that on charity night that they they sat at a table for four hours and I asked them to move, they got mad. It's like we're trying to make your charity money. Right. <laughs> if you just get out of that table, we can get somebody else in there and make some money. I'm sitting here. Okay but yeah, sticking it long enough, stick with anything long enough, you'll be amazed. Mhm. Well, clearly you've developed some really buttoned
0: up structures and processes at Pisons that have helped with that consistency. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you mentioned the the training that that um, new employees go through, you know, the just the way that they have to understand that perfection is it's what you're shooting for. Right. And and you're not just saying that, but that's what it really is. How long did it take you to develop those structures, or how did you develop those structures to the point where you got to that perfect on-purpose mantra, and you felt
1: like you could feel comfortable saying that? A lot of it comes back from my college days, right? Coach Osborne was always in search of the perfect game. Never going to be t- attained, but you're searching for it. And when I, whenever we used to hire anybody, I haven't said this to the young kids because I don't want to freak them out, but... I tell I told my first set of six at Pizon, I said I only have one expectation of you. And that's to be perfect. And they're just like, Oh Christ, this guy's crazy. But then going through that, you can do tasks and you can as a boss, as a management, you can settle for half ass. Oh yeah, that got mixed. Good enough. No. We're most successful in our training when the kid doesn't know he's being trained. Okay. One of my favorite sayings that i do that i say to a kid like who's the favorite person in your family nine out of ten it's mom okay so if we're making something that's going to be then used in our process and they have their procedure to follow and they'll make it and i preface it like hey would you serve that to your mom would you be proud to serve that to your mom the mom test and they'll kind of look at you and they're like what i'm like if you look when you stirred this ranch, there's still ranch seasoning on the side. There's still mayo on the side. Like, you could get that off there. That would make that better to serve that perfectly to your mother. Oh. Like I said, there's one kid that did, didn't like his mom. I was like, well, who's next? <laughs> grandma? Yeah. Do you like your grandma? And he's like, yeah, grandma. I'm like, grandma, would you serve that to grandma? But they have to have a feeling with it. If they don't, then it's just a meaningless task. Would you serve that to your favorite person? Would you be proud to serve that to your favorite person Then takes it another step? They, you know, you half-ass, oh, yeah, I'd serve it to him. Okay, would you be proud to serve it? Would you walk it out to the table? I could probably do this. Okay, <laughs> let's do that. But then they also know once the procedures go, once you master my way, you have every right to go break it and try to find a more efficient way. But you have to master my way first. And then maybe your way is better maybe you can do something more efficiently than we do maybe you can and so that and that's led to a couple of things that have actually benefited us quite a bit just from kids that think uh, that think they're part of it or i could go back and be like, this is how it has to be done this is why we do this don't stray from this or i could say hey master my way show me you can master my way then after that go try to do better what's an example of that so, we had a lot of problem with the consistency of our meats. Like, so we take a potato mash and we beat the living Jesus, out of our meats. So, it's kind of a ground. It's a finer ground, but it covers more. We can actually coat it really nice, okay? Um, being a former lineman, I'm used to people of a bigger size. <laughs> Some of my fellows are kind of slight and short. So, you know, they got this mash or they're trying to mash this stuff <laughs> damn near at eye level. And so one kid said, hey, they have these stainless steel mixers. We could put it on the drill. We could take the drill and let the machine do it. Okay, I got you. Get on the old interwebs, find some stainless steel mixers. I'm like, all right, let's give her her hell, see what happens. So now we got it, and, and they know how to mix. Now, they've gone too far, and it comes out as like a, paste yeah so we've had to get rid of that (laughs) we couldn't (laughs) use that stuff but i'm like okay so now we have a point where we have to stop but that's not a process that's changed um and it's it's quicker it's more efficient we're getting things instead of getting you know 60 pounds of meat cooked in a day we're getting 80 to 100 cooked in a day and those then now we have time to designate to getting ranch made and those kind of things so yeah Mm
0: mm-hmm What's the number one thing in your mind that diners don't understand about being a restaurateur?
1: They'll never understand having your success or failure in everybody's hands but their own. Like, that's the masochistic thing about it, right? In any given night, I could have a 14-year-old answering the phone. I could have a 21-year-old frat boy in the back making the pizza. And then all of a sudden I got a loud conversation with an F-bomb that flies out of the back. Okay? So I trust those kids because I've, I've put them through it. But that's the – so when it's wrong, on the rare occasion we haven't been in front of it, I would will, I will do everything I can to get, back, get us back in front of it. And we um, – yeah, that would be it. Like it's, it's an interesting exercise to say, okay, young person – with three months experience go make that for this person who wants to give us money so we can pay the rent we can pay your salary we can pay for the inputs let's give that hell and see what happens so they never they're just like oh this is great they, everybody knows what they're doing i'm like well oh. it's kind of like a duck duck on top of the water looks super yeah, calm calm legs are just going are everywhere going to stay alive <laughs> you know so yeah that would be it that i think they don't understand
0: so how how do you develop that trust? Like you mentioned, when you went to the Cubs game and you're mm-hmm. you're out of town and you're trusting the kids, you you know that they'll run the operation smoothly. Like that's people when people say Paisons, they know Matt Verzal. Like that's right. that's the connection. Your your name, your reputation is connected <laughs> to that place, and you are entrusting your name basically and your reputation to these to your employees. How do you develop that trust? How do you get to that point
1: where you feel comfortable doing that? Because I, I've trained the trainers, okay? So I get made mention of the things on the service end, right? I get to be the clown. I get to be the guy that goes and out and is the front man. The things that my guys like Alex Narducci, Dave Muller, uh, Brian Botkin, Grant Matera, Connor Braley, like the things those guys handle when I'm not there, they should have just as much accolade as I do. I just happen to be the guy that signs the checks. I'm the bald, former fat guy that's walking around the floor that they see Davey, Alex, Connor, Grant, Brian handle as many situations as I do. And they know how to handle those. But again, I will, I'm a sports background. I understand discipline. I understand getting your ass chewed, okay, when it comes from the right place. So if I get after somebody, I'll tell them the reason I am on you is because you are not even halfway meeting your own expectation of yourself. And my expectation of you is higher than that because I see the potential you have as a leader. Like, you can lead this whole thing right now. Because there was a while, there was, was, Brian Grant were probably 17 or 18 and Brian ran the back by himself, Wow! and Grant would be on the ovens with the older guys, but he would, you know, train them, teach them, trust them, and then if they screw up, I have no problem with a screw-up as long as you admit it. If I say, hey, how did we screw this up? I forgot. It's my bad. Okay, great. Let's get it fixed. I already got it comped out. Let's get him another one. Bam, away we go. If I say, how did we screw this up? Well, I told Ted to tell Eddie to tell Joe to do this. I'm like, no, 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 no. You're in charge. This comes to you. What you do with it from there is your call. But I'm talking to you. How did this get screwed up? We just screwed it up. Simple statement. There's no passing of the buck. There's no finger pointing. Hey, verse. sorry, we screwed it up. Got another one in already. Done deal. I'll go out. Hey, do you need a beer? Sorry about that. We got beer for you. If you're waiting, you got a new pizza come, you're more than welcome to have them both. The ones that we screwed up and then the ones we've got, you got a refund on that one, free pop, away we go. I can handle that. I can't handle an excuse. You had the ticket, you're making the food, you had to see what it was. So we screwed it up. And they just make amends. And, or like the meats we talked about earlier, we will forget jalapenos on anything. I just immediately, if you order jalapenos, just put a side of jalapenos with it. Like, I'm sorry. We forgot them. Just throw them on me. Get home. But they get frantic and they get, now, as they get older and they understand the chaos of the line, okay, I am I think I'm done. Deep breath. Look at the ticket. Jalapenos. Chuck them on there. Away we go. But those young guys will always make that mistake because they want to be fast and right. Okay? I want to be fast. I want to be fast. I want to be fast. Okay? I want you to be fast and right. If you get it right, that'd be great. So slow down. It's five seconds. Look at the take it one more time. Deep breath. Okay, good. Walk around the corner on the rack in the oven. Way we go. And we've talked a
0: lot about culture. We've talked a lot about processes, but mm-hmm. I want to end this thing talking about food. Put a nice little bookend on there. Okay. And we're going to talk about something that's not pizza because okay. it, it feels insane to ever go <laughs> to a pizza place and not get pizza. But your pastrami sandwich yeah. is. <laughs> The the easily the best that I've had in Omaha, probably yeah. the best that I've had just about anywhere. I'm not asking you to give me, you know, like uh-huh. the the secrets. Don't
1: bring the recipe book no. out, but like what makes that thing so amazing? We had a Jewish gentleman came in and he was eating pizza and he said, Hey, he said, You know what you need? And instantly if you say that to me, Chancellor, my brain's gonna shut off. I'm like, okay. Said, Tell, me, <laughs> Tell me what I need. Wine in a bottle up the street. <laughs> different place he said you need pastrami he said every good pizzeria in the city has pastrami my like, bet i like that unique different here we go so get on the old interwebs i google best pastrami in the united states of america okay fire that out Katz's deli pops up okay got a phone number so i call Katz's deli so my name is Matt Verzal. I'm with Paisons Pizzeria, Omaha, Nebraska. I said, I, I see you guys got great pastrami. I'd like to learn how to make it. You can imagine how that went. <laughs> <laughs> kind of the line goes, Whoa, uh, is this? He goes, What do you want? I said, My name is Matt Verzal. I said, I'd like to learn how to make pastrami. Why the F call me? It was every New Yorker stereotype. Uh-huh. Right? It was awesome. I had a great time. And so now I know I got to kind of calm this guy down or he's just going to click. He goes, Where are you at? I said, I'm in Omaha. And he said, I don't even, I've never heard of that. said, you baseball guy. He says, yeah. I said, you like the Yankees? He said, yeah. I said, you know they play the Royals. He said, yeah. I said, I'm north of the Royals. And he goes, oh, and nowhere. I'm like, nowhere. That's us. Can you help me? I just want to know how to make pastrami. I am no competition to you. Teach me. I want to learn. Help me. Another good word. Help me. All right, call me tomorrow. I'm like, well, there's no way this guy's answering. So I called back the number. And he told me a time. I called back at that time. said, all right, here's what you got to do. And so he gave me a brine recipe. Okay? Probably not the their brine recipe, but a brine recipe. So I get a brisket, and I chuck the old brisket in the brine, and I go over to Hoskinson's house. My buddy Matt Hoskinson, he's got a smoker, a little smoker. I say, hey, oh, Hoss, I need to make this pastrami. I brine this thing for like a week. I don't even know if it's right. So we chuck it. And he's like, "We got rub, we got to put rub on it." Big smoker guy. I'm like, "Okay, whatever." <laughs> so, what do you got? He was putting mesquite on. I'm like, "I'm pretty sure it's not mesquite." No. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that ain't <laughs> not it. Strummy. I'm pretty sure that's not the wood we want. Like we don't want that. The rub stuff we're good with, you know, we got this we found some stuff to rub with paprika and black pepper. So, but I'm pretty sure it's not mesquite. Yes, it's mesquite. I'm like, "Okay, whatever." So we chuck it in there put the rub on and he's smoking away and he's so happy and pull it out and he takes a bite. I looked at him like, this sucks. This is terrible. <laughs> like, you don't know what you're talking about. So I chucked a couple more briskets in there and then um, went back online, found the wood concoction so it's a wood mixture and then this is where it all kind of spawned into something I would never in a million years would have imagined. But we make it and we ended up starting out brining it for two weeks and then smoking it for two hours, cooking it for 10. And I was at like 40 pounds of, of brisket. So that lasted, you know, a little bit. And then that ran out in like three days. When well, now you got a lag because you're in the brine for two weeks. I'm like, we'll do a hundred. We did a hundred. We pulled them up and I cut one open. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of not what it should look. So we chucked it back in the brine. So that brined then for three weeks. So I'm like, all right, I've got 100 pounds now. Some of the 100 pounds, boom, gone. Okay, this is not good. <laughs> so what we did about mid-COVID, we just shut her down. And we just made Brian after Brian after Brian after Brian after Brian. And so I have X hundred pounds always on hand. And then as soon as we get minus 100 of that X hundred pounds, then the Brian goes. So now we've got a rhythm where as soon as it gets out of the smoker, my buddy Marty Salcido smokes it now, then it's another 100 in the brine. So as soon as one's out, one's in. And then that way we can stay ahead. Um, the lowest we ever got in that X100 was X minus 4 because somebody came in and bought 200 pounds of it. Goodness gracious. I didn't understand it either. <laughs> but he bought it, and the check cleared. So my hands are clean. But, yeah, we like it. Um, it it's it, They just move. You know, I think the other day, there was a day we sold 40, think 46 pastrami sandwiches at lunch. Uh-huh. I believe it. Yeah, which was. They're incredible. Yep. So we've had to, you know, change the procedure on that bad boy. But we've got to figure it out. It's be, we're better at it now. But, yeah, so now we got the reserves built back up to the X100, and we got another one waiting to go in the brine as soon as we, I think we got to drop about 50 more pounds, and it'll go in the brine. Beautiful, yeah,
0: I love it. Who would thunk it? Who would thunk it? Great pastrami at a pizza place. That's exactly what you like to see.
1: Evidently, it's commonplace. Not here, In New York. No, yeah. no, not
0: here. Not no, here. We're, we don't. We don't have that blessing. But, but yeah, we, it we, is a
1: little nichey, and people, you know, they, oh, they get pissed. They get pissed at me when we don't have it. Yeah, so that's why. I mean, I took hey for those three ish months. When we were just brining and smoking and brining and smoking, I had a couple. You heard dudes, about it. I had a couple of dudes. I think they wanted to fight. Right? They were like fight over. It might have been a threat. Like if you don't have it the next time we come in, I was like, I'll I'll take it. I'll take an ass whoop and I deserve it if we don't have it. <laughs> but yeah, it's fun and the kids dig it and. You know, it's always good to be good at something. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely.
0: Yep. All right, I'll let you get out of here, Verz. But I gotta—I thank you so much for for not only coming on today, but again for for starting this whole thing, like this podcast. It it was your idea, yeah. and you were like, I know you're going to give me credit for having passion for mm-hmm. it, and yeah, that's true. But I didn't have an outlet right. to do this before you brought it up. You introduced me to Pat and JT. You introduced me to the studio. Like, it seriously means
1: a lot, and I thank you so much for it. This is like when I work with my kids and they go get a different job. That's a big deal to me, okay? So having followed you and seeing the things that you did and you were doing on on social media and that you were posting about this, I said, this kid has a following, and he's got to have a better outlet. And that's when I talked to Pat and JT, reached out to them, and then reached out to you and said, listen, I think this is viable, okay? I know you're going to grind at it. I know you're going to put out great content. Because you are passionate about it. People that have a passion about things, I will help in whatever way possible. If you kind of half-ass into stuff, I don't have time for you. If you want to be passionate about it, then then do it. Because you, there's nothing worse than a regret, right? There's nothing worse than that in the world. Everybody's got them, and you don't want to live with too many of them. But to see you take the ball and go, and be able to now build this into something where you have sponsors' interest, that's awesome. And it's all because of your hard work. I kicked you in a direction, <laughs> and you ran with that. Because sometimes, hey, you're not the only person I've kicked. Like, I've kicked some people in a direction. They just don't do anything with it. They're like, I'm not doing that. But you came in. You put in work, though. Like, it's hard to research that, and you got to go through, and you got to find out little intricate details about businesses. And sometimes restaurant owners aren't the most friendly people. Some of them are kind of pricks, and they don't want to tell you things. But you bring that out of people, and you get them to, to, to talk about what they want to talk about, which is their passion for food or passion for people or, or those kind of things. So it's awesome to see you having the success you're having. Thank you so much, Verse.
0: Yeah, brother. Before I start crying, we better say goodbye. <laughs> and don't
1: forget, check out omahasteaks.com
0: backslash hoppin. That's my last name, H-O-P-P-E-N, to get the Get Out and Grill assortment from Omaha Steaks. Your dad is going to love it. And Omaha, as always, thanks for eating with us.
1: A Media Production.